0: Shabbat shalom. I just want to make a quick connection with Leah's prayer. Uh, this week's Torah portion that we just read, you saw that the first piece of land that Israel ever acquires uh, is a gravesite, and it actually foreshadows much uh, of the history of the Jewish people. But it also means that Abraham saw the covenantal faithfulness of God in his age. Because he did acquire a piece uh, of the land of Israel before he died. That's not my dirash, so (laughs) my time hasn't started yet. (laughs) The title of my dirash is Filter the Filth. It's kind of a fun one to say. Filter the Filth. We live in the information age. There's more knowledge and information and technology on your smartphone, if you didn't know this, than when they put the man on the moon. It's amazing. So we're bombarded daily, though, with advertisements, right, with especially political craziness right now. The mailbox is overflowing. We have endless entertainment options, and basically what that means is we're getting slimed every day. And slime prevents us from hearing God. The question is, is how do we filter the filth, right? And the filter really is a worldview. It's a Yeshua lens or this spirit-empowered Hebraic worldview. So how do we attain? How do we grow in this filter? Dylan and I were talking about this and several others. So here's my one point. Make the Torah your foundational revelation, interpret the world through the foundation of Torah and the lens of Yeshua. What do I mean? Well, Yeshua is the cornerstone and the capstone. If you only make him the capstone, you're missing the cornerstone. If you only make him the cornerstone, you're missing the capstone. And we often deceived when we get too weighted on one side or the other. For example, let me just give you a, what I mean by the Torah. The Torah could be compared to a black and white television. In the 1950s, black and white television became very popular throughout the United States. It was nothing short of a national revolution that began heavily influencing the culture and values of our society. Likewise, the Torah defined the national life of Israel by demonstrating the laws and values of the newly established nation. The remaining portion of the Tanakh, the Old Testament, the prophets, and the writings can be compared to the progression of color television. The popularization of color television in the late 1960s was completely dependent upon the technology of the black and white television. Likewise, the prophets and writings bring color to the realities of Torah life. These stories of Israel reflect their obedience and disobedience to the laws and principles that were given to them in the Torah. You following my analogy here? Over time, there was much discussion and disagreement about how to live life according to the original foundation of the Torah. So then along comes the Messiah of Israel. Yeshua as reflected in the Gospels, and so the Gospels can be compared to high-definition television, even 4K. Anybody know what that means? It's kind of weird. They present Yeshua as the living Torah who can clearly proclaim and embodies even the accurate interpretation of that original black-and-white television. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. As time and history marched forward, there was a progressive revelation of that original Word that was in the beginning, and it culminated in the Word becoming flesh. Today, television has progressed so much that you almost feel as if you're actually at a live sporting event in the flesh, right? The technology and precedence of the black and white television was foundational to the eventual production of the high-definition television. Yes, it was a new invention, but it was an invention that was entirely dependent upon previous foundations. The Torah laid the foundation for the rest of human history and can only truly be understood through the living example of Yeshua. So how do we grow our filter? We root our worldview in the foundation of Torah and the lens of Yeshua. So Yeshua is this cornerstone and the capstone. So how do we do that? I just want to read this passage from Luke 24, where Yeshua gives us uh, instructions. This is after the resurrection. He says, Everything written concerning me in the Torah of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. These are the sections. This is the entire Tanakh here. Then he opened their minds to understand the scripture. And he said to them, So it is written that the Messiah is to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance for the removal of sins is to be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. So, who opened their minds to the scripture here? yeshua right but the problem here is that he says so it is written but nowhere in the tanakh does it just explicitly lay out what he just said here that he's going to rise in three days what right on the surface of the tanakh it doesn't say that what so the key is this he's saying you have to study or you have to meditate with yeshua he's the one that opened their minds right You have to meditate with Yeshua to get the lens of Yeshua. So Yeshua is the one who guides us into this Torah foundation. Let me just show you this and we'll close. So the Tanakh has three sections, right? We just saw them. The Torah, the prophets, and the Psalms. The Torah, the Nevi'im, and the Ketuvim. The Nevi'im, which means prophets, begins with Joshua. And we just read it in our portion here. Joshua 1.8 says this, This book of the Torah should not depart from your mouth. You are to meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it, for then you will make your ways prosperous, and then you'll be successful. Who wants to be prosperous and successful? Okay, those hands, that's your decision. I mean, the hands that didn't go up. The ketavim, the writings, begins with psalms. This is why if you have the TLV, the sections are different and you sometimes don't know where books of the Bible are. But this is how the Psalms begin. Happy is the one who has not walked in the advice of the wicked, nor stood in the way of sinners, nor sat in the seat of the scoffers. But his delight is in the Torah of Adonai, and on his Torah he meditates day and night. He will be planted like a tree over streams of water, producing its fruit during its season. Its leaf never droops, but in all he does, he succeeds. Who wants to succeed? Same number of hands. So my point is this that both sections of the of the Tanakh point back to the foundation of the Torah and meditating it on on day and night it says there, right? So how do we grow our filter from the filth is to meditate on his word day and night. And the word in Hebrew for meditate, hagah, has this range of meaning. And I'll just close with this. He says range of meaning can mean, yes, when you think meditate, we usually think kind of ponder in our head or something. But it also means to speak, to utter, To make a sound. This is why uh, in Jewish tradition, they pray out loud. Even if it's just in a hush, they speak it into existence. It can also mean to mourn, to, to decide, to plot, to weigh. I mean, this is getting, this is, you're meditating. This is, you're chewing on the word, right? And then here's the kicker. It can also mean to drive out and expel. There's a warfare dimension when you meditate on the word of God day and night. And finally, my summary, how to filter the filth. The Talmud tells of a man who asked, When may I, who have studied the entire Torah, learn Greek philosophy? The rabbi referred him to Joshua 1.8, saying, You must meditate on the Torah day and night. Therefore, go and find a time that is neither day or night, and at that time you may study the wisdom of the Greeks. Shabbat shalom. Jeremy Neen, who's here, ladies and gentlemen? Nice vest.